Now, I wonder how many of you have ever stopped and asked yourself, why do I do what I do? Like, have you thought of that question? Someone asked you that question, why, why do you do what you do? How would you answer that? How would you process that? Because chances are, in, sim- in a similar situation, you often respond with similar actions. Why is it that you generally do what you do in different situations? For example, let me just give you three common scenarios and then ask you these and then ask you some questions. Like, what do you do in the morning? What do you do at a restaurant? And what do you do with your money? Three common things that we all, at points throughout our day or even throughout a week, encounter. So, how many of you in the morning, and be honest, the alarm goes off, or you have to set the alarm, because you have to get up, you hit snooze, right? How many of you, when your alarm goes off, You jump out of bed, and you might even get out of bed before your alarm even goes off. Like, why do you do that, I wonder? When you go to a restaurant and you look at the menu, there's usually going to be like a healthy choice to choose and a better tasting choice to choose from. How many of you go healthy? How many of you go towards the path of good good tasting. Question is, why do you choose what you choose in that situation? When it comes to your finances, I wonder how many of you always put God first in that. You're a steward and you worship him with that first 10% and you manage wisely what you have and you see the faithfulness of God. Or, like many people today, I wonder how many of you spend almost all you have every month. Or even, maybe for some, you even spend more than you have. Did you ever stop to think about that? Why do you almost always do the same thing? There are some reasons for that. There really is. There's going to be these reasons where I'm going to call them secondary reasons. And we're going to address those because they are real. Then we're going to look at the primary reason, maybe of why we do what we do. So let's look at some of these secondary reasons. One reason you do what you do, maybe, is because you feel obligated to do what you do. Maybe that's a reason. You know, you, you want to be a good mom, or you want to be a good dad, or you want to be a good friend, or you want to be maybe a good boss or a good worker, or you feel obligated to obey God. So you do what you do out of a sense of obligation. Another possible secondary reason of you doing what you do is you want to actually do what you do. Like you want to please God or you want to be disciplined or you want to show love or you want to make the wiser choice because you want to. Another reason many of us do this is because you want to be accepted. You want to be liked. That's why you do the things that you do. 
That's maybe why you work so hard on taking that fake photo over and over and over again. Why do we do, we do what we do because you want to be accepted. You want to be liked. See, there are many different secondary reasons that we do what we do. Those are very, a few of the very many of them. But I believe, and let me suggest, there is actually a primary reason that we all can relate to. Like there's some of these secondaries, some might relate to you, some don't. But there is a primary reason that, go, that, that we all experience, that we do what we do. There is this primary reason that we behave consistently the way that we behave. So what is the biggest reason you do what you do in your life? You do what you do because of what you think of you. That is the primary reason. You do what you do because of what you think of you. The biggest driving force of our behavior is our identity. It is. We do what we do primarily because of what we actually think of ourselves. Listen to what, the, what it says in Proverbs 23.7. It says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. It's our identity. How we see ourselves is actually what drives our behavior. There's a study out there that actually talks about three questions that all of us actually subconsciously ask ourselves in any given situation. These questions end up actually determining what you do because what you think of you actually determines what you do. Let me, let me share with you what the study suggests. Here's the three questions that we all ask ourselves, whether we realize it or not, but we process these, we think about these, we answer them subconsciously. First question is this, what type of a person am I? In every situation, you are asking and you're answering your, uh, that question to yourself. What type of a person am I? When you face any kind of situation in your life, what you're doing is you're kind of actually categorizing yourself. What type of a person am I? The next question that you will subconsciously ask yourself is this, what kind of a situation is this? Like, what kind of a situation is this? You don't even, even, you're not even realizing any of this, but you are processing these questions. And the study suggests this last question is this. What does someone like me do in a situation like this? And really, that is what determines what we do over and over and over again. What kind of person am I? What, situa- what kind of situation is this? And what does someone like me do in a situation like this? And you'll find yourself in any number of different scenarios and answering these questions. Like, you're tempted, you're tempted to, make, to make somebody look bad by gossiping about them. Or, maybe it's to be generous and to give to someone and be a blessing. 
Or maybe someone has hurt you and you choose to forgive them. Why do you do what you do? You do what you do because of what you think of you. For example, to go back to that alarm in the morning. If you set the alarm because you have to get up for whatever reason, um, the alarm goes off in the morning, what kind of person are you? You're going to ask that. You kind, of, you kind of ask that question. What type of person am I? Are you the type of person that hits the snooze 18 different times? Or are you the type of person that actually gets up before the alarm even goes off? In your mind, that's the type of person you are. Or you're driving. Somebody cuts you off. Ask that question. What type of person am I? Right? Are you the type of person that might have a lot of above or below the steering wheel activity? Um, I don't have a lot of above the steering wheel activity. I have a lot of below the steering, steering wheel activity because I don't want anyone to see what I'm doing, especially if they know me, especially if they know that they might know me by the title Pastor Bill. Or are, they, are you the type of the person that goes, oh, man, you know, I did that yesterday by mistake. You know what? Maybe they're in a hurry. You know, I'm just going to give them some grace. What type of person are you? And I suggest, if you see me, don't cut me off so you can see what type of person I am. I'm just telling you, probably not a good idea. See, in, any, in every area of your life, you tend to do what you do because of what you think of you. In every kind of situation, your mind goes through these three, through these questions, whether you realize it or not. You do what you do because of what you think of you. How come I can't change? How come I still lose my temper? How come I still gossip? How come I find myself still going back to the same bad habits again and again and again. Here's a key thought, and I don't want you to miss this at all. And let me set this up. You do what you do because of what you think of you. So here's the, th the thought I want you to think on here today. If you want to change what you do, change what you think of you. If you want to change what you do, then change the way you think of you. And I wonder how many of you are like me. How many would say that when you think about who you are, it's often easier to believe the bad things than the good, right? Why is it that we tend to believe the bad things about ourselves. The reason is this. The devil is a liar. That's why. And the devil has been lying to you since the day that you were born. This is what we find in John 8, starting in verse 44. It says, He, as in the devil has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent 
with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. You're being lied to every single day of your life. And it's from your spiritual enemy who's trying to convince you that you are someone you're not. But listen what Jesus says after that in in verse 45. It says, so when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Ouch, eh? Jesus is saying, the devil is a liar. That is his character. And the reality is, every time I tell you the truth about you, you don't believe me at all. You've been believing the lie from your spiritual enemy for as long, for so long, that when Jesus actually tries to tell you who you actually are, You've been so pre-programmed by the lie that you don't believe the truth. And that truth is what will set you free. You're so used to hearing things like, you can't change. You'll never be faithful. You can never overcome that. You're always going to be stuck. See, it's easier To believe the lies, isn't it? But it's definitely not an excuse to. I know it because I do it. The thing is, when you do something you're not proud of, the devil doesn't tell you in that moment, you know what, that was just a momentary thing. It was just a bit of a slip. You know what, God is still really with you. And God really, truly does love you and care about you. That is not what he tends to say, is it? No, what the devil, the devil doesn't tell you you did something bad. What he says is you are bad. See, the devil, what he's doing, he's attacking your identity. This idea, you're not worthy. You should be ashamed. You're not the real thing. You're a hypocrite. You're an addict. You're a loser. You can't change. This is just who you are. What is he trying to do in these moments? He's lying to you about your identity so he can impact the way that you think of you. And here's what happens when this continues to go on in in your life. Your distorted identity starts to actually sabotage your success. That is what's going to happen. That's what does happen when we continue to believe the lie. Your distorted identity, you believing what the enemy is telling you about your identity, more than what Jesus is telling you about your identity, What it does, it starts to sabotage your spiritual success and your progress along the way. And you start to think, you know what? I stink at handling money. So I guess I'm just always going to struggle financially. I'm never going to get ahead. I'm always going to be broke. Or you might tend to think, you know what? I've never really had any close friends. 
So, I, so the reality is I just can't trust people. So you continue to put on these false fronts, and you just keep people at a distance. You don't engage. You don't include yourself. Nothing. But you never really let anybody in because you believe you aren't worthy to be loved. And there's this very deceptive cycle that the devil tries to do in your life. This is what he does in all this. What he does is he takes your distorted identity, you believe in the lie, and he uses that to create destructive habits. Your distorted identity creates destructive habits. And it continues, after it's created these destructive habits, your destructive habits, now they reinforce your distorted identity. See that very vicious cycle? Your distorted identity creates these destructive habits, and you believe these destructive habits are now reinforcing your distorted identity. You think poorly of yourself. Therefore, you do the wrong thing, and then that wrong thing then confirms that you're really not honoring God along the way. So how do you break the enemy's destructive cycle in your life? Well, if you want to change what you do, you have to change how you think. And that's why I want to tell you, you are not who the devil says you are. You are not who others say you are. You're not even that little critical voice in your own head that tears you down and rips you apart. Jesus is speaking truth about you. And you need to start believing that truth about who you are. When instead of having a distorted identity, if you can stop believing those lies and start believing the truth that Jesus is speaking into, shifts start to take place. You actually then start to have a Christ-centered identity because of it. I am who he says I am. And when you have a Christ-centered identity, that is what breaks this deceptive, destructive, vicious cycle. And this is what it will look like, a christ Centered identity. What that does, it actually leads you to Christ-honoring habits. And those Christ-honoring habits, what they do is they reinforce a Christ-centered identity. So why do you tend to do what you do? Why? You do what you do because of what you think of you. If you want to change what you do, you need to change what you think of you. You are not who your spiritual enemy says you are. And when you start believing that, you live the wrong habits which reinforce the wrong identity. You are who Christ says you are. And when you start with that identity... It brings about God-honoring habits, which then reinforce that God-honoring identity. So how do you change? 
If you want to change what you do, you need to change how you think of yourself. And here's what you do. I want you to start with who before do. That is what I want you to do. Start with who before do. Instead of focusing on what you want to do, you start with who you want to become. And I want to ask you right now, not what do you want to do, but instead start with identity. Who do you want to become? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be for the glory of God? Because what you think of you actually determines what you actually do. So we're not starting with the action here. We're starting with the spiritual, Christ-centered identity. I'm going to give you some examples, and you could pick your own, and I hope you do. But let's just start with some general, and then we'll go into some more specific on what this could look like. Who do you want to become? For you, it might be, I am a mom who is fully present and wholly intentional. Maybe that's who you want to become. Maybe it's, I'm a man of God who will lie down my life to serve my wife and my kids. Or maybe it's, I'm someone who is sober and is a testimony to the power of Christ to change a life. Is that who you want to be? Why do you want to do what you do? Because of what you think of you. And you can even make it a little bit more specific. Maybe it's like, I'm a person who doesn't skip workouts. I'm still working on that. Or maybe it's, I'm a Christian who reads my Bible every single day. Or maybe it's, I'm a person who puts God first in my finances. Start with the who before the do. Uh, The author, James Clear, um, he says it this way. He says, every action that you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. He says, no single instance will transform your beliefs, but he says, as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. Why do you do what you do? You do what you do because of what you think of you. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to start to seek God for this new identity. You're going to start seeking God and believing the truth that he says about you. Remember last week, we have this spiritual why that we talked about. You know, we have good reasons of why we want to change some of the areas of our life. And I suggested add onto those good reasons a spiritual why, because it will give you a connection in your heart. Because remember, Um, change is not behavioral modification. It's spiritual transformation. And spiritual transformation actually has to be spiritual, meaning you have to allow and empower God's presence and spirit and power to work through you. So we talked about that, that spiritual why in our lives. This week, we have a spiritual who. This is our identity. 
The moment you start to believe that you can become who God wants you to be, the devil's going to tell you, you can't do it. You can't and you won't change. So the question becomes this, who are you going to believe in all this? Because remember, you will, because who you believe actually determines what you do in your life. And I want to show you a very powerful scripture that I want you just to allow to soak into your heart and to help build up your faith. And it's from Ephesians 4. And it says this, starting in verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, it says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former, former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Those are the lies. That is the distorted identity. But he says, instead, he says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. This Christ-centered identity. And then put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So what we do is we throw off the old self and we put on the new Christ. And then when you believe who he says you are, you actually start to live how he says you can live. Remember, no single action is going to change your identity, but multiple actions over time change how you see yourself, and eventually it changes your identity. Remember from last week, last week this is not about behavior modification. This is not what this is about. But instead, this is spiritual transformation. This is the opportunity to allow God's power and grace to flow through you and through you and through you and through you. So let me tell you who the Word of God says you are. This is truth. This is where you need to look. This tells you exactly who you are. This is where you should be going to, to seek out that identity, to seek out who you really are. And let me remind you what his word says about you. If you have surrendered to Jesus and he is Lord and Savior of your life, this is what God says you are. You are a new creation. The old is gone and all things have been made new. You are a new creation, it says. It says you are God's workmanship, it says, to do good works, which, which he prepared in advance for you to do. You're God's workmanship. And he's provided these things for you to do, these good works. He said this, his word says you are the light of the world where a city on a hill cannot be hidden. It says you are an ambassador of God to declare his kingdom principles in this world. This is the word of God. This is the truth of what you need to start believing in. Stop believing in the lies and start believing in God's word 
the truth. So you can start living the life that he says you can live. You are not who the devil says you are. You are not who other people say you are. You are not even who you think you are with that small little critical voice in the back of your head. But the word of God, again, the word of God says you are more than a conqueror through Christ who gives you strength. That you are a child of the living God. That you've been forgiven because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That you've been redeemed. You've been chosen. You've been called. You've been set apart. You've been filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That is the truth. That is the truth of who you are. Question is, who are you going to believe? Are you going to continue to believe your spiritual enemy who has been lying to you since the moment you came out of your mother's womb? Or are you going to believe the word of God? And you're going to believe God who created and knitted you in your mother's womb. Who are you going to believe? Why do you do what you do? The primary reason for all of us is the same. You do what you do because of what you think of you. And Jesus says this, the devil is a liar. And the problem is this, with that when I tell you the truth, you don't even believe it. So here's what we need to do. We need to step into the truth. We need to step out and put off the old self and step into the new nature and be who Christ created you to be. Our Father, do a work in us here today. We pray we just experience and allow your power and your grace to flow through us. We invite your spirit here amongst us to fill us to lead us, to guide us. Allow us to start understanding these issues. That a lot of the reasons we do what we do is because of how we think of who we are. And the reality is, we've been told exactly who we are. And we've also been told exactly who we are not. And Lord, we forgive us that we always choose to lean to believe the side that's telling us who we're not. I pray that today we can make that shift and we can start believing you and believing your word of who you tell us to believe, that we will start embracing and believing and living out the truth that you tell us instead of living out of the lie that the enemy continues to tell us. I pray that today we can start making those changes so we can start so we can move away from that distorted identity and start embracing and living out of the Christ-centered identity we have in you. Help us with this journey, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen.